Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast number 59, the UK's award winning digital TV and technology show. The show that's driven by feedback from you. My name's Carl, and with me today is our tech guru, Pete. In today's show, we'll be taking a look back at the last 12 months of TV and tech, as well as looking forward to the next year. Now, here's a look at what we'll be talking about in today's tantalising take on technology. Big changes planned for the way Sky viewers access HD. Problems with surround sound on Freeview HD. The end of the road for the rolling 24-hour travel news. A space-saving tip, how to carry a map on your camera plus questions on Absolute Radio and missing FreeSat channels. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Headline time, and it's all changed for Sky HD. From February 2011, Sky HD customers will see some changes to their on-screen program guide. The new version of the EPG will swap out the standard and HD channel numbers. At the moment, Sky 1 is on channel 106, with Sky 1 HD being on channel 170. The standard and HD channel numbers will swap around, making it easier for Sky customers to find the HD channels. Staying with Sky, Sky has begun trailing their new channel, Sky Atlantic. This channel will be available in both standard and high definition from February and will be used to showcase their recent five-year deal to be the main UK carrier of the entire HBO catalogue, including ER, Entourage, Mad Men, 30-something and The Wire. Next, news of the Skype fail. Just before Christmas, the cheap calls-over-internet service Skype fell over. Reportedly, due to a bug in the Sky Windows client causing some peer-to-peer problems, affected subscribers should find themselves credited with a week's worth of extra subscription by way of compensation. Some dab news now. Rolling 24-hour radio station Traffic Radio is set to cease in 2011 as a result of the government spending cuts. The service, which launched in 2007, has become a victim to the highways agency cutbacks and will stop broadcasting when the contract comes to an end in August 2011. Some channel news now. Good news for Freesat viewers who may see CBS Action HD and CBS Drama HD launch later in 2011. If you're a Freeview user, note that the ITV1 Plus One service will be available from January the 11th. And finally, on your marks... Get set and go. Remember the joy of laying your own track, pressing down that plunger and then flying off the track? Good old Scalectrix. And now there's an app for that. Yes, you can buy an official Scalectrix app for the iPhone and iPad for just 59p. Pick a car, design a track and even race with others worldwide. Big track and now Scalectrix? I wonder what other retro stuff we'll see crashing into 2011. Well, thanks, Pete. For more on these and other stories, visit frequencycast.co.uk slash news. Frequency Cast. Now loading. Focus. 
So what are we going to cover in today's tantalising take then, Pete? Well, it's time for a little bit of a look back at the last 12 months of tech. Yeah, so it's been a busy 12 months for us. What exactly have we been up to? Let's recap what we've been doing for the last 12 months. We brought out our first iPhone and Android app. Oh, yeah. We're now being broadcast on more stations than ever before. I knew that. Of course, we had a new feature added. Oh, the gimmicky gadget. Yes. Mm. Whose idea was that? Yours, and it's now been abandoned. Thanks for that. (laughs) Uh, We've also had a big site redesign. And the big one... Next up is the UK. The winner for the non-profit is Frequency Cast, the UK TV and tech podcast. That'll be Frequency Cast winning a European Podcast Award, and we'd really like to thank our listeners for voting for us. Yep, thank you very much indeed. So, let's go back month by month, show by show, and we'll start with January, show 47. Well, that was all about backing up your data. And if you remember, I suggested you buy a FireSafe. Done that yet? Uh, yeah. Good. Uh, you get yourself a Cronus online backup software to automatically back up your data over the air. Yep. Get yourself a backup device. You've got your Mac store there. I've got myself a WD NAS storage box, and it's very good. And all my data's safe. Is yours? Always. Well, partially. Some of it. Well, things I remember. Talking of things you remember, do you remember a little survey we did at the start of the year? The uh, argument you had that Brits used PCs and the US all use Apple Macs. Obviously. Everyone knows that. Well, we had 804 votes over the course of the last year, and, funnily enough, they all thought you were a lunatic. No, 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 they're they're quite mismistaken. They've not checked their IP address. Also in January, we had the launch of Freeview HD, and also the launch of BT Infinity, their fast high-speed broadband. Fantastic. So what happened in February? That would be show 48. Well, February, the BBC announced they were going to be closing Six Music. We also saw the launch of Seesaw, the IPTV service. That's still going. Don't hear much about it these days, but uh, yeah, true. What else? Well, we covered getting more from your TV. We looked at things like Fetch TV and the Nookie Box. Do you remember the Nookie Box? Oh, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? That was like uh, Playboy in a box. Yes, adult content over the internet connected to your telly. That has uh, also bitten the dust. That's no longer with us. We also did a review of the IMAX Mini, which is a little tiny PC, £200 PC. Very, very good. And we looked at the WDHD Live Box, which plugs into your HD socket on your telly and lets you watch video over USB sticks. And of course we talked about weather stations of course yes well we had to do something sad and lonely for you okay next we moved into march where the weather didn't improve quite uh, and that was show 49 in the news google street maps went national and you could start looking at what your neighbors were up to and looking through people's windows fantastic was that live uh, we also started talking about Waze, which is this uh, communal sat nav application that you love yeah, that, that's why it takes so long to get home nowadays, isn't it? I'm just going down a few streets to, to draw them. Yeah, OK, whatever. I'm just doing my bit for the community and drawing a local map. I think I'm, I'm quite good. Oh, so you're a cartographer now, are you? I am, absolutely. Give it a try if you haven't. Waze Top App. Also in March, as well as looking at mobile phone applications and launching our Frequency Cast app, we were out and about. We went to the Dab Show in London. Yeah, you let me out for once. It was nice. Hello, everyone at Frequency Cast. Welcome to Dubs.com Gadget Show. My name is Primo the Robot. Nice to see everyone. We met up with Peter from Navigon, who was showing us the uh, Series 84 3D sat-nav. And we played around with the Flip Mino camcorder. Oh, I remember that. That's got credit card size, wasn't it? We also spoke to Sonos about their audio systems. Very good. We looked at an MP3 player, didn't we? Oh, yeah, the Creative Zen Sci-Fi or whatever it was. 
fantastic piece of equipment. I've actually got one. I'm at the Chiatli Creator Stand and I've been looking at their wares. They've got gaming headphones, they've got sound cards, but most importantly, I have found an MP3 player. So I'm going to grab Nick. Uh, Nick, morning. tell me a little bit about this great product. This comes with Sound Blaster technology, which was used in our sound cards many years ago. I'm sure you've heard of Sound Blaster. We use a technology called X5, which restores any lost sound from uh, converting it into MP3. So this, the technology will take the music and then expand it so you get the complete sound. What exactly is this little baby called then? So this is the Zen X5 And we wrapped up the day with meeting some lovely girls from a printer company. Oh yes, the Oki girls. I've just met up with this beautiful girl, Claire, from Oki Printing Solutions and she's going to tell me why I want to buy a new printer. Apparently there's some advantages with hers. What are they, Claire? Well, the most common advantage is it's an LED printer as opposed to a laser printer. LED printer? Aren't they the little lights on my torch? Right, that's March. Let's go on to April before the bunnies all come out. In April, show number 50, we looked at how to get more from your MP3 player and we did one of our famous surveys. 66% of our listeners told us they have an iPhone or an iPod. Of course. Well, that wasn't too much of a surprise was it we also covered uh, headphones for your mp3 player docking stations including that power free one do you remember the transparent one oh yeah i remember that yeah it looked like an ashtray didn't it how to amplify up your uh, audio without buying an amplifier which is clever uh, we also looked at cases and fm transmitters in april we saw the launch of the first 3d tv by samsung Oh, that was impressive, but it gave you a headache and you weren't allowed to use it if you suffered from about 300 different things. Indeed. And we went to the Gadget Show live. That's because everyone there was live in Birmingham. And there we spoke to the people from Revo Radios, from POS, who brought out the Sci XPDA, the replacement for your favourite, the Scion uh, Series 5. We also spoke to the lovely people from AC Ryan and Orca that do those power straps. And of course, our favourite interview from the Gadget Show. Oh yes, the specialist makeup department, uh, or otherwise known as the nail varnish of security. And that's phenomenal. The encoded nail varnish. Yeah, so here it is, my little bottle of nail varnish labelled Enigma Tag. Me tapping it with a frequency cast pen. And here is Clive Smith to explain a little about it. Right, I'm talking to a very handsome fellow called Clive from Enigma Tag. And uh, I've heard he's a shameless advertiser, but I don't believe a word of it. No, 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 no. My name's Clive, and it's www.enigmatag.com. Thank you. Obviously not shameless. <laughs> I've noticed you've got a lovely uh, packet of nail varnish here. I was just wondering, should I buy one? I'm not entirely sure uh, I need it. If that's your inclination, then by all means. Well, this has a lot more serious uh, ramifications, actually. It's, it's been devised to be a consumer champion for helping protect valuables, gadgets in the home and out of the home. What we have here is some advanced technology that was developed for munitions marking, which uses microparticles. Wow, so that sounds really sophisticated. So how does this work? Well, the microparticles that we use were devised and developed to survive 4,000 degrees of temperature in an explosion for munitions marking. So it's a very resilient technology. So the first thing is we've got something that will survive and will withstand and it will last a lifetime. Okay, so how do I apply it to my sacred items? Well, the simple element as you described the nail varnish bottle is one of the reasons for using a nail varnish bottle was to keep the consumer value and the cost as low as possible. So we used an existing bottle which had a brush applicator, which is a nail varnish bottle. Fantastic. 
so I can look good in the evening and everyone will know who I am. Well, at least what my number is. <laughs> That's uh, entirely up to you. But the serious point about this, the microparticles have five layers of colour and they're actually less than 10 microns per layer of colour. So it's 50 microns that we're talking about. So it's less than the size of your hair. So it's fairly invisible to the naked eye. And that's important because this is about doing a clever covert mark. But we were after something that you could quite frankly take your nail varnish bottle with its brush applicator and dab a one millimetre diameter spot in a covert position of your gadgets or on your antiques. Uh, And we devised it so that what you have is effectively a carrier for the microparticles, but it also had to be something that could be applied to all manner of woods, plastics, metals. And therefore, what we were after is, one, the microparticles and the means of actually adhering them to an item. This EnigmaTag property protector has been devised to provide the tool for police to be able to get an identification and that code from microparticles that they read back to the bottle that you applied to your individual item and providing you've registered that code to your name and address there is a very high chance you'll get those goods returned thanks clive a star as ever there you go protect your gadget with enigma tag and of course then we moved into may and it was show 51 where we had a look at the digital economy act now that was scary wasn't it That's the new bill that has come in to uh, bring in two things. It's bringing in the idea of switching off FM radio as early as 2015, if that can be believed, and also, of course, the new piracy legislation to uh, crack down on people doing illegal file sharing and the like. And from one pirate to another, walkie-talkies. That was something we did as well. Oh, we did. We did a walkie-talkie test. Do you remember? It was quite a chilly night, wasn't it? It was a chilly night for me, but you're right. You were in the car in the warm... Now, I'm going to get in the car. Now, I'm actually going to be the passenger, so I'm obviously not using these while I'm driving. So I should be able to leave you here with a tape recorder, drive off for a few miles to see how far these walkie-talkies reach. Here we go. OK, so we are now on the move, heading in a westerly direction, 150 feet away, talking to you on the Cobra. And you're coming through loud and clear. We're now at the 1,000-foot mark. Whilst I can hear you, there's quite a bit of crackle on the line. I can hear you, this crackle. Um, I can still make out what you're saying. The beacon bleak comes through very clearly. A lot of crackle. I can still make out what you're saying, though. Quiet, in fact. Okay, so we've hit the one mile mark. At the moment, I'm talking to you on the Cobra. I'm now going to uh, switch over to the Motorola. So we're sitting here at the one-mile mark. I'm now talking to you on the Motorola. Is this standard clearer? Yes, the Motorola sounds somewhat clearer. It's not so harsh with the crackling. Where are you now, Pete? OK, so we're still at the one-mile mark, and I'm now switching to the Mitex, which should be the more powerful of the three radios that we're using. That'll be walkie-talkies then. In the news as well for May, we had the launch of the iPad from Apple and a massive TV series finished. Which one was that? Let me give you a clue. You'd be lost without it. Um, 24? Okay. And then we went on to show 52, which took place in June for more digital photos. Oh, I remember this. as sorting out your photos and all the special new apps they had. That's it. So how to sort and tag your photos. We talked about displaying your photos on digital picture frames, including the Joggler, which now seems to have been discontinued. And we also talked about this. Oh, yes. Uh, no, what was that? Hold on a minute. iFi. I remember that. I can't remember. That wasn't that in the camera. 
It was indeed. This is a little SD card that has Wi-Fi built in and you took a photo and it would automatically upload it for you over the wireless network. So no need to bring your sync lead for your camera, auto updates and also geotags your location. Very good. What else did we do? In June we also talked briefly about this. Your pockets are full of rubbish, aren't they? Go then, what's that? Remember that one? Um, that was a pedometer that you wires up to your computer and tells you on how unhealthy you are and you have to tell it how many bacon and eggs you've had in the morning and it tells you whether you burnt them off and all sorts of crazy things like that. That's it. The fit bug stays in your pocket, acts as a pedometer and you can upload the data if you're looking to lose a few pounds. Also, you get nectar points with it, so as you walk about, you collect nectar points. Well, there's nothing to say about that, is there, really? Uh, but in July, that was show 53, we covered BT Vision. We did. It was well worth another look. We covered it a few years prior, but we wanted to talk about some of the new changes. If you're interested in BT Vision, you might be interested to know that in 2011, there could well be a new BT Vision box that supports the UView service. So watch this space. What was UView again? That's Project Canvas combining Freeview and Internet TV. That's going to be a big one to watch for 2011. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Also in July, we had a whole bunch of radio stations under the Heart brand shrink. So we had 33 stations called Heart, shrinking down to 15, closure of a lot of local radio stations. The good news for radio in the month was Six Music was saved. Excellent. We also went out and about and met up with the chairman of an amateur radio society. Oh, yes, Mr. Ham himself. He was very intriguing. Yeah, from Golf Bravo 9-0, Mike Zulu X-Ray. Back to Foxtrot 8, Delta Zulu Uniform. John told us that the world of amateur radio is still very much alive and kicking, and some radio hams have been able to make contact with the International Space Station and even the Moon. Now that receiver capability has improved, it is now within nearly anybody's capability to receive a signal that has been bounced from the the moon. Indeed. I was down in Chelmsford in Essex, the birthplace of radio, where I caught up with the chairman of the Chelmsford Amateur Radio Society. Today we've been offered the education room to celebrate the fact that 90 years ago, on the 15th of June, Dame Nellie Melba came to Chelmsford and created basically the first professional broadcast in the world. Before that, there were a number of tests made in Chelmsford. The Postmaster General allocated them the call sign MZX. And so in the early days, they simply read out the timetable for the railway between London and Chelmsford. Hardly very interesting stuff, which is why Dame Melba was hired in June 1920. Now, this was the first radio broadcast that Dame Melba had actually done. It was also nearly the last because she realised that if she was transmitting and thousands of people were listening to her for free, they may not come to her operas and pay money to actually hear her. As John's a radio amateur, we also took the opportunity to get chatting to him about power line adapters, those things that plug into the main supply, causing interference that's killing shortwave. And as you can expect, the interference that's being generated by these home networking products is causing his colleagues some problems. It can be complete, total wipeout of the shortwave bands, and that can actually go up and even affect your dab reception. Some people I know have completely given up the shortwave bands. And as a result of speaking to the Chelmsford Amateur Radio Society, I now have become a licensed amateur radio person. Which is fantastic. And if you read the Contiki Expedition, you'll find out that it was a radio ham that kept in contact with them more often than anyone else, it seems. There you go. CQ, CQ, CQ. You're right there. <laughs> Send me another of little tantrums, I think. be quite interested to know if there's any other amateur radio people out there listening. I know we've got two or three listeners out there that uh, are into their amateur radio, including my friend Jim and Keith and a few others. If you are a radio ham, or indeed... If 
if you want to know what being a radio ham is all about. I'd love to tell you more. Oh, so we'll move on to show 54. And this was August, and where we were talking about sport on TV. And of course, the big news here was for the first time, BT and Top Up TV were allowed to start broadcasting Sky Sports 1 and 2. Of course, Top Up TV worked out the cheapest because you don't have to have their broadband service with it. And BT were doing a very, very good deal to try and undercut Sky. So a lot of cutthroat activities in August. Oh, we also talked about that tiny little Wi-Fi radio thing you bought. Oh, yeah, the View Quest. And we first saw that when we were up at the uh, Gadget Show, if I remember. But it broke. It's dead. It's no longer. It has ceased to be. The screen went on my little um, View Quest radio and back it went. Well, you haven't got another one. Ran out and they can't send me another one. So I got my money back, but I have no world's smallest Wi-Fi radio anymore. Is that a tear? Oh, stop it, you snivelling little... Well, we did manage to raise a smile in August, though. Dragon's Den featured something that we covered nearly a year before. Well, this isn't the first time they've been behind us, is it? Let's face it, we beat the gadget show with the swap watch, and that Dragon's Den wand, well, been there, done that, seen it. Where have you been? (laughs) So we moved on to show 55 in September, where we discussed all sorts of things, such as the Kindle. Do you remember that? Of course, the Kindle. Lovely, lovely device. Still highly recommended. It is definitely the best ebook reader out there for the money. 110 quid, Wi-Fi and 3G built in. I'm actually doing an awful lot of book reading with this now, so I would still highly recommend it. I would point out there's a couple of other things worth mentioning if you are considering an ebook reader. LNX have brought out a colour ebook reader. Really? Ah, you were talking about wanting a colour one, weren't you? Well, yeah, it's more than anything interesting. Are you going to get one? It's a very nice machine, actually. It's out of Waterstones. You can go and see it in your local Waterstones. It's an LNX 5-inch colour, and it's only 80 quid. Wow. Having said that, the uh, LNX colour isn't actually the cheapest. You can get an ebook reader now for £65. It's the Imagine 5-inch TFT device, available from Smith's. Very nice. Did we do anything else in Show 55? We talked briefly about Project Canvas, which, of course, is going to be UView, which launches next year. Oh, yeah, we've only just talked about that. We don't want to dwell on it. And Show 56, of course, that gave birth to October, didn't it? And it gave birth to a headache as well, as we started talking about 3D and those lovely TVs and the different types of flickering glasses and active and passive glasses. Yeah, oh yes, we went and uh, looked at quite a fair number of those, didn't we? What was that, that, that place that's like um, Chuck's shop? What is it? Oh, the Buy More. Oh, the Buy More. We like that. Didn't see that blonger. Never mind. Uh, we also talked about the world's first 3D website. Have mercy. This is the Emperor Roscoe in Los Angeles. Enjoying TV and tech news right here. It's Frequency Cast. What a blast. Check out my 3D site, theemperorroscoe.com. Hey, thanks, Roscoe. We also looked at the Triax TriLink, that magic device that you can send TV around your house with, which is very impressive. Oh, very good. And, of course, we did some classic technology with calculators, as asked for by the listeners, so we did it straight away. And next up, our new look at classic tech. But first, a commercial break. Hey, you, do away with that tally stick. Now you can upgrade to Abacus 1.0. Ten columns of addition power in a handy portable frame. Just slide the beans around to make adding and subtracting your 2700 BC tax return a doddle. The new Sumerian Abacus, available from your local Babylonian supermarket 4,800 years ago. First off, a little bit of history. So there was the abacus. We had the slide rule in 1622. The first mechanical calculator was invented in 1642 by Pascal. The first handheld calculator was developed by... Texas Instruments. 
1967. It could add, multiply, subtract and divide and its output was on a piece of paper. And then there's your personal collection of calculators. Go on, go on, sling that one over. I'm dying to know. Now, this is my melody calculator. I love this. This was by Casio. And this one sounds a little bit like this. It's got this tune already in there. <laughs> I'll make it stop. But it's better than that, because if you press the numbers, look. I enjoy doing that. It's a shame the listeners didn't want any more of them. But in show 57, which was November, uh, we looked at the new TomTom. That was a Go 1000, wasn't it? Indeed, yes. It's the new TomTom device with built-in HD traffic. We went out and we had a little bit of a drive. So here we are on a dark, cold and stormy night, sitting in Pete's car in the middle of nowhere, a darkened car park. You always take me to the most romantic places. Right, let's give this a go. Let's try setting in a route here. Uh, Navigate to... So let's try a spoken address, and Carl, I'm going to get you to do this. Please state city. London. City of London, please state street. Downing Street. Downing Street, please state house number. Ten. Ten. Done. And it says, warning, your destination is on a toll road. There we go, so that's one hour and four minutes from here. What are those like, flashing lights there? That is showing you live travel data. Now, I don't know if you remember the old TomTom. On the bottom here, there's a little socket. And you'd have to plug in an aerial. Oh, yeah. So this actually has a mobile phone built into it. It's getting live traffic information straight off the um, mobile phone network. Retrieving traffic information. Roadworks on the 1203 between Poplar and Tower Hamlets. 49 minutes from here. It's also a nice little touch here is you can select the weather at your target destination as well. Weather report for today, partly cloudy, maximum temperature, 15 degrees Celsius, minimum temperature, 10 degrees Celsius. Okay, should we go for a little drive and see what it does? Definitely. Another cold night. How are you finding it now? The Go 1000 is still a nice device. It still hasn't had all the updates that we've been promised. And mine's been crashing a lot. They've issued a patch to stop it crashing. But uh, yeah, it's still not a bad device, but it's still missing a heck of a lot of features, which is a real shame. TomTom used to be really on the ball, but uh, they seem to have dropped it a little bit with this 1000. Isn't there some sort of irony there? You know, a TomTom car navigator crashing. Also in November, of course, we covered the device that goes with this tiny remote control. Oh yes, the Mac television box thingy what was it called <laughs> the mac television box thingy that was its official name oh i got it right again or apple tv if you're uh, not carl of course and then of course show 58 where we talked about broadband suppliers and of course your favorite pete the big track junior oh give it back give it back <laughs> it's a big track but it's a miniature big track it's uh, the micro track and this one here is the big track junior does all the same stuff and a lot more and it's all diddy and sits on the desk and for those that don't know it's a six wheeler and it's got this lovely little keypad on the top a couple of big differences this one has all the stickers pre-done this new one takes three double a's um and this new one has a memory save which the other one didn't have let's get it to do something nice and simple so what i've done i've just switched it on first off i have to clear the memory using the cm button then i want it to go forward three units so i press forward and then the number three. Then I'm going to want it to turn around, so I'm going to press the right key, and I have to tell it like a clock, so I want 30 minutes, which would be a full 180 revolution. And then I want it to fire its phaser three times. Phaser. Okay, right. So we've got a whole year of technology ahead of us. Pete, uh, tell me, what's coming up? What have I got to look forward to? 
lots and lots of exciting stuff. We've got some new phones on the way. There's bound to be a new iPod or an iPhone. That's bound to happen. Wow. The first Google laptop. Oh, yes. New digital TV services and lots of fast broadband. That's a lot more information coming my way. And more mobile phone apps, including some rather clever ones. Wow, cleverness coming as well. As a reminder, Frequency Cast, sorry, the award-winning Frequency Cast, is your show, and we'd like you to tell us what you'd like us to cover. Get in touch. What would you like to hear? What sort of stuff would you like us to be reviewing? What sort of stuff would you like us to explain? What would you like us to feature in upcoming shows? Please get in touch. Frequency Cast, now loading. Interaction. As ever, it's now time to delve into our post bag for your feedback. First off, one from Bikehog19. Hi guys, how can I copy map images and paste them into other devices such as a camera? I know some people carry a photo of an OS map and then zoom the image to focus in on a small area. This would be helpful as it's easier to carry a small camera than a large paper map. That's an interesting idea, and it should be fairly straightforward. Create a JPEG of the map you want to carry around with you, at the highest possible resolution. This could be a map you've downloaded from the internet, or one you've scanned in. Then, copy that JPEG to your camera's memory card. If this is too tricky, an alternative is to use your camera's macro mode to take a photo of the map in question, and carry it that way. And next we heard from Fred Button, asking us about formats used for Freeview HD multi-channel audio, and telling us that many people can't get surround sound on Freeview HD. What's the score here, Pete? Well, this is actually a bit of a messy one. 5.1 surround sound is broadcast with Freeview HD, but for this to work with older surround sound systems, then the audio needs to be transcoded from the HEAAC format used by Freeview HD into the more common Dolby AC3 format. Some Freeview HD hardware does support this, some doesn't, and some needs an over-the-air patch to be able to support this. By April 2011, it will be mandatory for new Freeview HD kit to support Dolby AC3 transcoding. We'll add a link to our show notes to the Gone Digital website, which gives a good summary of the problem, as well as a list of equipment that currently supports transcoding. Now, thanks to Rob Dixon for the tweet about the new ITV service on Freeview. He wants to know if ITV1 plus 1 equals ITV2. Nice. Next, a quick podline call. Uh, my name's Tony uh, Litchfield from the Isle of Wight. I have a few uh, channels on the FreeSat which just say no signal. What does this mean and how do I get them? Especially the BBC News channel which I thought I would be able to get easily. It could be that your satellite dish is slightly out of alignment or there's a problem with your dish's LNB. The best option here is to try to manually tune in to the transponder that you're having a problem with. See the link on our show notes. And finally, a quickie from our regular listener, Matt. Why, on DAB at the minute, have we got two station names which link back to the same station? You've got Absolute Radio Extra and Absolute Radio 90s. These both seem to go to the exact same audio channel on DAB. Absolute Radio Extra launched in August and offers around 10 hours a week of extra content, mostly football commentary. You can think of it like a red button service for DAB. When the service is on air, it takes around half the bandwidth used by Absolute Radio. Well, cheers, Pete. If you've got a comment or a question, email us via our website or leave us a voicemail on 0208 133 Go on, get in touch. Frequency cast. Shut down in progress. And that's the lot for this show, Show 59. 
For show updates or to get in touch, please visit frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for FrequencyCast. Thanks for listening to our tantalising take on technology. And if you like what you've heard, please spread the word. FrequencyCast.